Good morning, first service. I'm sorry, second service. I'm slipping already. You know, the Bible says that we are to enter his courts with thanksgiving and to come into his presence with uh, grateful hearts. So let me ask you, second service, are you prepared for today's message? You guys are a little bit more enthusiastic than first service. So I'm going to re-ask this question, but in a different way. How many of you are interested in getting out of here on time? <laughs> oh, let's, let's clap for that? So you guys are cool with me standing up here and letting the Holy Spirit use me for at least three, four hours? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Well, I'm telling you with today's topic, I'm going to need your help because it has the potential to cause me to go down a variety of rabbit holes. So what I need for you guys to do is that this podium is home base. If I tend to drift and say more than two feet in either direction, I need to start clapping really loud, okay? Okay? That will be the indicator for me, the signal for me to stay focused. It'll also serve as a wake-up call for whoever's falling asleep, okay? Amen? Are you with me? Can I trust you? That's more than two feet. All right. I actually feel a little bit off today because usually before I preach, Brother Brady preaches, he, he prays over me, and he didn't today. So I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt. The title of today's message is Good Ground. Have you ever wondered how two people can experience the same situation, hear the same message, and walk away with completely different outlooks or even outcomes? Believe it or not, this was true in Jesus' day. Jesus' messages inspired some and infuriated others. Jesus' words hit different for different people. Why? Jesus shared the answer to this question through a parable, which is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's called the parable of the four soils. And it's a parable that Matthew, Mark, and Luke include in their recounts of Jesus' life. The story is about a farmer who spread seeds across four different types of soil as a result, experienced four different outcomes. The seed was the same, but the soil was different. Those differences ended up completely changing what happened to the seed. The seeds represent God's word. Some people believe the four seeds represent four different types of people, but perhaps, perhaps the soil actually represents different 
attitudes within our own hearts. Today, we're going to take a closer look at this parable to learn why it's so important in our relationship with Christ. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Jesus said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. He scattered them across his fields. Some fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon withered under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. The first soil mentioned in this parable wasn't soil at all. Jesus said the seed was thrown onto the road, which is hard ground. Now, I didn't go to soil school. <laughs> you don't have to be a farmer to know that plants, flowers don't grow on concrete. Amen? And since the seeds had nowhere to go, they had nowhere to grow. The problem with seeds that, are, that don't get properly planted is they get quickly plucked. The Bible says the birds came and snatched away the seeds from the hard ground. When we tune out during a sermon <laughs> or intentionally, intentionally bypass a God-given opportunity, we leave God's promises unplanted and unclaimed. The hardness of our hearts exposes us to an enemy who is out to steal every good thing God desires to give us. Could it be, could it be God is speaking to us, but his, his words have nowhere to go and grow because our hearts are hard? Maybe it's anger, hurts we're holding on to, or a negative mindset that's causing God's message to bounce off our hearts rather than take root. Spend some time today in prayer and ask God to show you what parts of your heart you've allowed to become hard. Ask him to soften your heart so it can be transformed into good soil. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. Jesus says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The soil that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. 
They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Number one, how is your soil today? Now that we know God's word can't take root in a hard heart, let's talk about the second soil Jesus mentions in this parable, the shallow soil. The farmer threw the seed that landed in a place where there wasn't much soil, and something did sprout quickly, but it was immediately scorched by the sun because its roots didn't go deep enough. Nothing of substance can grow in a place that's shallow. The soil represents the times we receive God's word with passion and enthusiasm. But when the excitement faded and the pressures came, we got tripped up and then checked out. The problem is when we can't handle the heat, we become easy to beat. When something bad happens to us and our faith gets tested, it can be a natural reaction for us to put God on trial. We begin to question him as if it's up to us to decide whether or not he's still good, faithful, and worthy. If we come to the conclusion that since our circumstances are bad, then God must be bad. See, we're like that second soil, soil in this story. Our faith is short-lived because it was shallow. But we don't have to set up a shallow faith or temporary highs. We shouldn't forfeit the very seed that we need to flourish when the heat comes. You see, we weren't made to just survive the heat. We were made to thrive in the heat. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Jeremiah tells us that the person who trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream and it doesn't fear when the heat comes. It doesn't stress in a year of drought. That means that the pressures of this life can't wipe this kind of person out. In fact, the pressures of this life actually make this kind of person stand out because their leaves stay green and they keep producing fruit. You see, they are confident in Christ. Even when the worship music fades, 
That means when troubles come, they don't give up, they grow up. Shallow roots make it easy for the enemy to place something on you that crushes what God put inside you. Deep roots. Deep roots, well, those hit different. Deep roots prove all that God's put inside you no matter what this world puts on you. Amen? Spend some time today asking God to show you where you have shallow soil. Be brave enough to ask him to test your faith because that's the only way you'll really know how deep your roots go. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verses 20 and 21. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Luke 18, verse 13, Jesus says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and believe it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. Are you with me? Number two, protect your soil, protect your soul. Statistics show that the average person gets interrupted every eight minutes. I think it's shorter than that. Whether it's a, a text alert or a social media request from a friend or one of the 5,000 daily ads we're exposed to, chances are you're going to get interrupted by something before we're done with this message. While we may experience more interruptions today thanks to technology, the human race has always been easily distracted. Where are my rush students at? Trenton, I see you. And see, I have the blessing of getting to know your children. So I can tell when I'm looking at them when their eyes are kind of glazed over and they've checked out. Lawrence? In this parable we've been studying, Jesus mentions a third kind of soil that's filled with weeds. He says that some seed fell among the weeds, but the weeds strangled what was sown. The weeds represent worries, distractions, and desires for other things. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus said the, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desires for other things. So no fruit was produced. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. See, God isn't the only one trying to plant seeds in your life. The devil likes to plant things too. If you're struggling with an insatiable desire for cars, clothes, 
houses. That's the seed of materialism. When you can't be happy for a friend, that's the seed of jealousy. The devil likes to plant things like bitterness, insecurity, and lust into our hearts. Because after that, his job is done. We'll water those weeds all by ourselves. Amen? So much of God's work gets destroyed by loud distractions and lesser desires. In the same way a weed can crush a seed, worries and distractions can kill your calling. Jesus asked, what does it benefit a person to gain the whole world but lose their soul? The best way to protect your soul is to protect your soil. So how do we make sure our hearts don't become weed-filled soil? Well, for starters, we can't pull up weeds from our feet. We've got to get down on our knees and pull them from the root if we want to make room for something more beautiful to grow. The same is true in our spiritual lives. We won't get rid of the weeds until we assume the right posture, the posture of prayer and humility. Before good things can be planted, bad things must be uprooted. In order for grace to grow, bitterness must be uprooted. In order for generosity to grow, selfishness must go. We've got to rip up bad habits and replace them with good. We need the right friends to help us spot weeds in our lives. Brady, Laz, men who will stand beside us, women who will stand beside us and help us when we're struggling. We need to check our soil daily in the presence of God and ask him to show us where we're allowing distractions to crowd out his work in our lives. Pulling weeds may look like deleting an app or declaring scripture over our lives. Nothing kills weeds faster than God's word. So saturate the soil of your heart with his word today. Ask him to, uh, to reveal the weeds in your life and talk to a trusted friend and join a discipleship group for support. Your soul and soil is worth the work. Be relentless, be ruthless when ripping up weeds. Amen? Yeah. Pastor Chris has been doing a phenomenal job in his sermon series about David. It's phenomenal. And one of the things that I love, if you're looking carefully at David, you can clearly see when he is not in alignment with God's will. You can literally see it, how it's affecting him internally and externally. But on the flip side, when he's doing what Jesus says in Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom, above all else, and living righteously, 
God will provide everything that you need. And with him, you can see it clearly, both internally and externally. Are you with me? All right. I said we get out of here on time. Bullet point number three, good ground. Jesus wrapped up this parable by explaining one final type of soil, which he described as good ground. He said the seed that fell on good ground produced a harvest beyond anybody's wildest dreams, producing in some cases 30, 60, even 100 times more than what was sown. To put this in money terms, this would be like someone investing $100 into you and that $100 turning into $10,000. Jesus described this kind of person as the one who hears God's word and holds on to it no matter what. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Luke chapter 8, verse 15, Jesus says, the seed that fell on good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. In every example Jesus listed, the seed was the exact same. The seed always contained nutrients and energy, which is exactly what God longs to give us, words to nourish our souls and give us life. The dirt it landed on made all the difference, though. And so it is with God's word. It hits every heart different because everyone's heart is different. If at any point you find yourself in church thinking, I didn't get anything from that message, there's a possibility that the problem was the soil, not the seed. God releases his word and wisdom to us, but it's on us to cultivate the quiet and steward the stillness so we can receive it. God can drop the seed, but it's on us to do something with it. If you want to go deeper with God, do something with what he's given you. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and do what it says and don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. James tells us, don't just listen to God's word. Do something with it. What if instead of finding five new sermons to listen to, you try to apply the truth of the last one you heard? 
Nothing will deepen your roots like doing. If you want to prepare your spirit, start by preparing your soil. It's all about your soil. And here's the thing. The word that God gives you most likely isn't just for you. The seed is always meant to produce a harvest that will feed others. God doesn't just give you something so you can maintain it. He gives you something so that he can multiply it. He is in, he's in the business of doing immeasurably more. But we have to do our part too. We've got to share what he gives us and teach and spread and teach, spread what he teaches us. I'm sorry. Are you good soil? Are you good soil? God can be trusted to release what you need, but can you be trusted to have the soil to receive it? Spend some time in God's word and ask him to help your life become good ground. Reflect on what God has shown you. Soak up his word and get ready for what he's going to speak next. At the beginning of the service, I asked you if you were prepared for the message. And Pastor Chris often asked that same question. And what he's asking is, what's your soil today? What's your soil today? We often talk to our Rush students about the attitude they have when they walk into God's house. When we go into our worship and praise time, you know, students, their hands will be like this. They give a nice head nod. And then we talk to them about what it means to be grateful and thankful. And if this is a posture, that you want to present that shows you're thankful and grateful, I'm confused. We talk to them about the fact that God has given us his absolute best and continues to do so in Jesus Christ. But yet and still, when it comes to praising him and thanking him, this is what we look like. Now, I'm saying this to encourage you. I'm saying this to hopefully inspire you to worship him the way that he tells us to do it, not how we feel like doing it. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, Jesus is talking to his disciples about his departure. And he's telling them about how he's going to be returning to glory. But he also uses a metaphor to describe what it means to stay attached to him. Are you with me? Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. 
You have been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I am them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. The disciples were clean through the washing of Jesus' words. This is how we stay clean, too. We must remain in Jesus. The branches that are disconnected from the vine are useless. We can't produce fruit unless we remain in Jesus. The idea of remaining or abiding in Jesus has to do with intimacy and relationship. Jesus Christ is our source. The only one who can provide the spiritual sustenance and vitality we need to be useful believers. So we need to hang out with him. Hang out with him. We can't avoid or neglect Jesus all throughout the week and then show up on Sunday morning expecting growth. We only produce much fruit when we remain in him. If someone chooses not to remain in Jesus, he is thrown aside like branches and he withers. Such branches are gathered and burned. Understand this, the burning is a reference to the consequences of a loss in both fellowship with God and the rewards from him. If you disconnect from the vine too long, don't be surprised to find yourself experiencing divine discipline, getting burned, and seeing your spiritual life withering. Such believers are useless to God, himself, and others. So if you find such things happening to you, repent, repent, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Amen? I'm sure every person in here can relate to the first three soils that are mentioned in this parable. Points in your lives where your hearts have been hardened through life circumstances and God's word has literally bounced off. I know there have been times in your lives where you've had the type of soil to where it's gotten strangled and choked out 
because of distractions, because of worries. We all experience it. But thank the Lord for Jesus. He's the example. Everything that we've undergone or going through or will go through, he overcame. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. But I can tell you this. You can experience joy even in the midst of tragedy if Jesus is your source. Amen? What's your soil today? What's your attitude today? Whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when we come here, it's entitled Sunday service. Sunday service. Is he serving us? Is he serving us? No. The question you have to ask yourselves is how can you serve him? Amen? Now, I told you we're going to get here on time. I told you that. So, as we close, the music begins to play, and we're preparing our hearts for communion. Think about what it means to have Jesus' words remain or abide in you. It requires more than merely reading or listening to them. You must internalize them. Another way to describe this is to meditate on God's word. Roll it around in your mind to grasp what it means and how to apply it to your specific circumstances. We must chew and swallow scripture. When we eat food and chew it, if we don't swallow it, we don't get the nutrients, the energy, the protein that we need. Chewing it and spitting it out is worthless. We have to chew and swallow God's word, so to speak, so that it becomes a part of us. Amen? And when we do this, when we do this, when we take our relationship with him seriously and put him first, his word says that we can ask for whatever we want and it will be done for us. In other words, prayers get answered when we maintain intimate fellowship with God through his word. Through his word. Not how we feel or how we think we should do it, but the way that he has prescribed in his word. If you don't know what that means, that means you need to read this more. Chew it up and swallow it. We talk to our Rush students all the time about the importance of consuming God's word. Because if you don't, you will see your spiritual life withering. So when we're attached to God, like Jesus says, he is the true grapevine. We will see that our will 
will become in alignment with his. Amen? Thank you, ma'am. As we partake in this sacrament, think about what it means to have Jesus' words abide in you, to remain in you, and how you choose to receive it. Are you good ground? Is your soil prepared to receive the seed that God is attempting to plant? Amen? Father, help us to have the soil that you require from us. Take control and eliminate distractions, Lord. And let our eyes be fo focused and fixed on you. Amen. Thank you, Second Service. Have a great Sunday. God bless.